Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Amazon's Black Stories, where we highlight the stories of Black designers, researchers, and creative minds from all around the world. I'm your host, Justin James Lopez, and today I'm joined by Jonathan Joe Lovett and Logan Douglas, and we discuss their experience with Amazon's new UX Design and Research Apprentice Program. This program is a fully immersive 12-month instructor-led and curriculum-based training that allows people to develop their research, design, and leadership skills outside of a traditional four-year program. Now let's hear their story. Thank you both for joining me, uh, Logan, Jonathan, and JJ. I think this is it fine to call you JJ? JJ is great. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. So Logan, let's start with you to just, you know, give the listeners more of a perspective of where you're coming from into this conversation. Let's hear a little bit more about your background. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having us on this podcast. So my creative journey started when I was in middle school and I forced my way onto the yearbook committee because I wanted to Photoshop my class portrait because at the time I had like really bad acne. So I was like, I'm so embarrassed. I don't want this in the yearbook. So that was my first exposure to Photoshop. And then from there, I started to learn a lot about graphic design and like placement within a page and everything. And then I just fell in love with yearbook design. And so that's why I continued it into my high school career as well. However, once I got to college, for some reason, I felt like I needed to major in a hard science. And so I majored in nutrition with hopes of becoming a registered dietitian one day. However, After going through the dietetic internship, which I like to call professional hazing because it was so stressful. And I remember thinking back to some days that I wanted a semi truck to hit me on my way to work because it was just so nerve wracking every day going into the hospital. But I learned a lot from that experience. And I think that experience is what helped me grow thick skin. And Mm. now I can handle anything that UX throws at me for sure. And I can deal with just about any personality type because I saw everything when I was in the hospital. And so, yeah, let's fast forward to the end of my nutrition internship. I spent the next six months looking for a job in nutrition and I just could not find one at all. So I became really embarrassed and ashamed because all my friends were going off and like, getting really cool jobs, becoming like doctors and becoming like lawyers and stuff, stuff like that, you know. And then one of my friends was like, well, Logan, why don't you just get a job doing anything and then use your free time to study design? And so I thought, yeah, that's a good idea. So that's what I did. I got a random job. And for the next year and a half, I... Wait, what were you doing, by the way? What was your random okay. job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get right over that. <laughs> yeah, like, like, well, we don't talk about that. Like, what, what was it, by the way? Yeah, Subway yeah, or something. So I was an HR assistant at this company called Ingersoll Rand. Okay, okay. Yeah, so oh, I was literally good. just like helping people with their retirement plans. Has nothing to do with design at all. But I did that for about a year and a half. And in the evenings, I would teach myself design and everything. And then I became a member of the IXDA Charlotte chapter. And that's when I gained the most exposure into UX design because I met like a ton of 
people who were experienced in the field and they really sat down with me one-on-one to help me build out my portfolio and to guide me throughout the UX process. So that was like pivotal for my career. And so I went through with the, like the guided mentorship for about a year and a half or so. And then I finally had a solid portfolio and I landed my first job as a junior product designer at a mental health startup based out in California. And so although I was self-taught in everything and I had the job, I still felt like I had some gaps in my knowledge. So that's what led me to apply for the apprenticeship program. And it's so funny. And I feel like like looking back, like it was meant to be because I saw the listing for the program like four days before it closed. And mm. I like I just felt like it <laughs> was destiny. That's going like, to hurt some people that applied early. Yeah, I just thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I just got to it. I just got to it. Yeah, yeah because at the time I was like, I'm going to do a social media fast. Like social media is not good for me. And I was thinking about not getting on LinkedIn anymore. But then I saw that post and I was like, this is my chance. I'm going to run with it. I'm going to reach out to everyone who posted this and I just want to learn about their experience. So now I'm here at Amazon working on the AWS console team. And I'm like so grateful for this experience every single day. Nice. Everything happens for a reason. Right? Yes. Yeah, that, that, yes. yeah, that, that comment's going to hurt a lot of people that listen <laughs> to this. But uh, so JJ, we, what mm. about you? Like, where, So it sounds like from, from Logan's you know, story, she jumped back and forth between you know, doing this graphic design to you know, fix her yearbook photo because she it just wasn't up to scruff. And then saying, you know what, I want to do this, this thing that's more secure, which actually I hear quite a bit from people that have been on the show. And then, you know, kind of, you know, jumping back and forth and then finally landing here, which we'll talk about, you know, the program a bit more, which is why you, you two are, are here. But for from your perspective and from your journey, was it, you know, similar? Were you always, uh, you know, a person that was going to land in design or was it something that kind of, you know, fell on your lap throughout your life? Well, interestingly enough, when I was younger, I was one of those weird kids that just knew what he was going to do when he grew up. Okay, what was that? I wanted to clean teeth. I wanted to be a doctor of dental surgery. So (laughs) being a dentist and being a UX designer, it's kind of hard to draw a straight line, right? But just just a bit. It's a little different. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So uh, I will share this real quick. My my uncle Lionel, actually, who passed away before I uh, was born, and my uncle Juan were both creatives. And I do remember when I was younger, that was probably some of the most interesting and impactful exchanges I had. And though, although I didn't have the exchange with my Uncle Lionel, I, I saw the impact he had on my family and the things that he left behind. And my Uncle Juan, he used to uh, sketch out concepts of vehicles. I mean, it, I used to sit there with a microscope and like look at it like how a person looks at the, the flaws in a diamond for this, this micro film that he had. That did leave an impact on me. So um, interestingly enough, I never, I, I heard this in Logan's story as well. I never sensed that there was going to be any security in those kinds of things. And those kinds of things, I just mean anything creative. You know, I thought of, I think about a waiter who made that a career because they were trying to become an actor. That's how I looked at design. I was like, there's no security in this. Yeah, it's going to be a hit or miss. So I ended up focusing on my dental studies going to become a dentist. It's a secure environment. It's a secure job. But sure enough, during my time as a student, I was in the Student Government Association and I ended up 
being afforded the opportunity to sort of come up with some creative solutions that kind of sparked my need to be empathetic and think of ways to come up with creative designs and solutions for, for, for people. So that's kind of where the UX bug, I guess, or the, the inspiration was sparked. Long story short, though, as Logan said, fast forwarding, I started my own company from uh, out, of, out of a need at my university. We had a few things that we needed to have done and uh, saw that there was an opportunity. Started this creative intelligence design firm. And um, from there, spent my every day and night just getting lost in how to solve problems for people as far as the, a lot of startups and smaller businesses and how to create delightful experiences. It sounds kind of mm-hmm. cheesy because that's what everyone says, delightful experiences. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was in Houston, Texas, and there were a lot of smaller mom and pop and startup businesses, primarily African-Americans who didn't have a lot of money, didn't have a lot of resources. So we had to figure out how to make it work, that they had a beautiful website and branding and all that, that, that made them look so much grandioser than they were. And that, that was always a challenge. And I think it's where I cut my teeth and it made me. Because when you have less, you learn how to do more with less. I think it, uh, it, it, it requires you to be creative. So it was great. JJ, looking back at that story, what would you say was your favorite project that you worked on? Yeah, <laughs> there are some people that jump into fields and spaces where we, we pretty much say, oh, it's a monolith, like they're the same as everybody else. But there were one or two clients. They were trying to like really serve Houston, not come up, but just do what was right. And yeah. so brother was running for a, a state representative. I knew him. He went to school with me. <laughs> so it was almost hard to take him serious initially. But I could see it. I could feel it. Like he was serious and he wanted to do right. So that was the difference. How could I not give 110%? I don't care if you're paying me $1,000 or $10,000. I stayed up all day and all night trying to figure out how to make his site look amazing, how to get his branding to where it needed to be, how to uh, reach out and create these um, dynamic viral videos and things like that. And that, that's what sort of made me in terms of uh, developing my, my creative acumen and what would be my UX acumen. Because what's really satisfying, edifying, and kind of addictive is that you're seeing your hard work in real time, the responses from the community, from the people, from that particular client or patron, what have you. So I think it's the same thing now where it may take a few months, even a year to kind of see all of your hard work kind of roll out and touch people. But not everyone has that opportunity. And that's kind of what, what drove me for sure. But here it is. I'm thinking in order to be in a field like this at this level, you're going to have to have the proper pedigree, which means I need to have the degree. I need to have the certifications, all of that. Honestly, I don't have any of it. I left school my junior year. Like I said, I, I'm on my way to dental school. I had a good GPA, was handling my business. But I was so busy and I had fallen in love with what I was doing on the creative side that that was it. And, you know, I bet big on myself. And you couldn't tell me any different. So when Hurricane Harvey hit Houston and it disrupted my clientele significantly, it left me uh, in, a, in a desperate state, in all honesty. Uh, and I ended up on the street. I ended up homeless. ended up in a, a place called Haven for Hope, which is a shelter here, well, in Texas, um, currently in Seattle. And sure enough, uh, spent my time when I could, as often as I could, in, in the public library, investigating, like, what's the next move? 
what's going, what's out there, what's available. And I started searching for opportunities as far as internships. Here's the thing. Internships, not to get too deep. I mean, there's still this exclusive factor, even though the intent is to afford people opportunities that they would not otherwise be afforded. I wanted to add on to that. Also, like a lot of internships are unpaid as well. Like, whereas with the apprenticeship program, we're actually like getting paid to learn. And it's opened up so many doors for people who may not have been able to go down to this path unless they had like that additional in- income to support Absolutely. them while they're doing this p- program. Good point. Yeah. Oh, good. good yeah. Point. I was going to ask that. So that I'm glad that you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that, that's just it. That's also a part of it. So here it is. I'm working at a grocery store. Like that was what I considered to come up at that point, because again, I was on the street. How do you get from the grocery store to, uh, I'm sitting on the 29th floor of the Devices and Services Group uh, studio You're at Amazon. day one, huh? I'm in the day one building, uh, headquarters <laughs> at Amazon. How, do, how does that happen? So in, in, in one sentence, the apprenticeships become available. And yeah, I applied to the uh, apprenticeship because it was the only thing that was even available for me, frankly. Like no one, I think they UX'd the heck out of this apprenticeship program, ironically enough, because like Logan said, what were my main factors that were keeping me and probably keeping a lot of people from opportunities? Well, I can't leave where I'm currently at because I don't have the financial resources to do that, which sounds crazy because you want a job, you want to improve your lifestyle and make more money, but you sometimes need access to resources and opportunities that cost you, like going to boot camps or receiving a degree. You need money to, to make money, right? You need money yeah. to make money. The <laughs> apprenticeship took care of that. And also, just for what it's worth, yeah, there are people all over the country right now. And think about it. If you were in Tampa, if you were in, I don't know, somewhere in Boise, Idaho, it's not going to be the same as being in San Francisco or in Seattle or in, in New York. So what happens for me and for others is I was afforded through the apprenticeship, the ability to uh, to be provided the resources to to relocate. And what's really key is that they do pay us and don't just pay us enough to get by. They treat us and I think respect this by taking care of us uh, as regular full-time employees to include uh, medical benefits and all that kind of stuff. And I know this isn't advertising. I just want to be clear that you should know that Sounds like a really good advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> Some people don't want to move away from their their space because they're like, uh, I, man, there's so many other factors I have to consider. I think that people have taken the time to consider those factors so that they can remove that friction for you so that you can focus on tooling up yourself, getting the skills necessary, and then contributing to Amazon's success as well. Yeah. Another thing I want to add to that is the fact that I remember at one point this apprenticeship program was going to be in person. So like all of us would have to either move to San Francisco or Seattle. But when they made the decision to keep it remote, that just opened up so many doors for people and reduced a lot of friction for some people as well. Like especially those people who have families. Like Like although you're getting paid for the program, are you in the position to sell your house right now, to move your family, to find a new preschool for your kids or something like that? So they did a great job of just accommodating our needs and making sure that we were comfortable throughout the 12-month program so that all we had to do was just focus on learning and that there was no other distractions outside of that. That was key for me, yeah. So, and, and just to to paint this picture because I know that it's, you know, it's spelled out in the information on on the apprentice program be- below, you know, below this. 
But I'm I'm gonna you know I'm straight from the the actual site here. This is what the apprentice the apprentice program is a program that is split up between two subsections, right? You said twelve months, and it's split up between you know seven uh, roughly seven and a half months of instructor led training. And we can you know kind of jump into what that experience was like, and then from from that point, then you shift over to on the job training where you're basically working forty hours a week with you know with whatever team, and that's what the you know the apprentice. And to JJ's point, you are full time you know full time employees at the company. What I want to ask before we jump in further is, who is this a program for because what I'm what I'm reading <laughs> and you're like oh here we go but like look because what I'm reading here and again she's straight straight from you know from the information here it's for diverse non-traditional backgrounds that would otherwise mm. not have an opportunity right it's a little coded I get it yeah it's very politically correct <laughs> so lo- loading the question up right so what does that mean and from your perspective what does that what does that mean like what when how diverse is this program or is this program for just for diverse backgrounds. Because I feel very passionate about it because I am definitely a benefactor. But here's the thing. You should know that there are uh, 32 individuals, 80 to 90% of the makeup of these exceptional human beings are are people of color and uh, women. And I I think that's worth noting. And also, I want to be very clear I came in thinking that I'm a charity case. That's not the case. Again, 4,000 people apply. You were chosen because you showed that you had the capability to think and to contribute in a way that was valuable and maybe even invaluable. So I'll let Logan like expound upon that, but I just want to, I want to stress this. This isn't uh, Amazon doing something nice for the black folks. It's prickly. So we don't, discuss openly is whether like this is more of a charity thing for some. The program you're talking about? The program. Yeah. Or if they recognize it as being what I, I believe it really is. You have a group of people who didn't have access and now they do and they have just as much UX acumen as the most seasoned Amazonian, right? So I guess what I'm my super duper long question here is I'd like to ask Logan, like what her opinion is, like, do you feel like Amazon recognizes this as more of a diversity, equity and inclusion, not charity, but something that just needs to be checked off? You said charity. We, we, you, you said <laughs> charity. We already got to go yeah, with it. We got to go with let charity. Me, okay. So, all right. So being real, I, is this program is it, yeah. a charity case for a diverse communities? Mm-hmm. Is that what this is? Isn't it interesting? I'm just apprehensive even <laughs> asking the question the way I did, but yeah. <laughs> In my opinion, like I really think that there has been, like there are researchers within Amazon who have found data that support the idea that having a diverse employee workforce improves work output and stuff like that. Like there have been studies that show like the more diverse your team, the better that the team is and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I think Amazon is looking towards the future in terms of what the world makeup is going to look like. And I think that they know it's important that they need to start now with increasing their minority population 
so that we're able to better communicate with our our target audience and stuff like that. With that being said, I think the apprenticeship program is a great way to give people access to UX design and UX design research as well. And also it allows us to look at seasoned designers so that we can emulate their path as well. Like I was reading an article the other day and it was talking about how today only 3% of professional designers identify as Black and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think that we are going to be the generation that grows up and then the next generation will be able to look up to us and like follow our path and everything like that. Because I remember when I started out in design, like I didn't have anybody to emulate or anything. Like I wish I knew of someone when I was in middle school whose path that I could follow and everything like that, but I just didn't. But I think now like the reckoning has come and we're going to be that (laughs) generation or that group that other people can look up to. That was an amazing politically correct answer. I think that the... (laughs) Can I I respond to it though? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Like uh, I'm not not even challenging Logan. I I just, uh, as far as my perspective, I do think that some people see it as a charity case. I don't know that everything is where they spend the time to really think about what they're saying, what they're doing. But I think their first response is, okay, I see a group of black folks over here. By the way, just to be clear, you have uh, black and brown and white folks in this group. Mm -hmm. I would understand being empathetic why they see this as just a, a pure... DEI play, diversity, equity, inclusion play, right? Mm-hmm. Just straight talk, speaking very plainly. Amazon is metric driven. Like, what are the numbers? What do we need? Uh, also, what, what's 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 going to look good, right? That's a part of it. I mean, you're not going to always uh, make decisions that are purely financial because sometimes the marketing and branding come around and support what you're trying to do on the back end of some other things, right? Like, it's, you could say this is all a chess moves. I get it. But here's the, here's the truth. Look at who's in the program, how long they've been in the program, and what their performance is thus far. You have individuals who have multiple degrees, are tenured in the sense like they've done the whole trifecta. They've been to Microsoft, they've been to Apple, they've been to Google, now they're here, what have you. Well, all that's great and good, but how is it then that folks who were working at grocery stores a few months ago now, now uh, let's not include myself. Like, there's really phenomenal people in this group who have, were doing other things, just didn't have access to this, this, the Fang Club. Now, they're going to be product owners. They're going to push some programs into another level of success that Amazon would not have achieved had these folks not been present and in the room. That's not charity. Like, that's exactly what you pay good money to recruit people who have been to school for four and eight years to come in and do. So if that's what it's about, then you can't recognize that as charity. I only ask the question because I do wonder, naturally, I mean, it's not even about being self-conscious. I can understand and appreciate why someone who has been in the space and sees things as working, then all of a sudden just sees a, a, a few lumps and clumps of a brown folks just kind of uh, tossed into the mix as uh, as, as a DEI play. And I just hope that it's not mistaken as, as just that, right? Well, the thing is, like, what, even if it is, right? Like, let's just play, like, even if it is. And, and I, I, wanna, I also want to be clear, like, Logan, 
my, my comment isn't to say that I think anything you said was wrong either, right? Like, yeah. I think that just the way you said it was extremely eloquent, right? And, and I'll say it this way. I, even if it is just a D, E, and I play, right? The reality is anything that's done at this point in time, and I mean like at this point in time in our human experience, right? When you look at the timeline, the way our society has been made up, it's been made up and designed and not pointing at any, any fingers. You can point your own fingers, but uh, it's been designed to disenfranchise and disadvantage the people from these underserved communities at every you know, possible facet of life. So every time a company, whether it is Amazon, whether it is one of these other big companies or, or smart companies, every time that there's a program that's going to be catering towards these underserved communities, it's always going to seem and come off as, you know, like that kind of charity, charity play. But without these programs, we don't actually change and move the needle to what, what Logan mentioned before, right? Without these programs, you don't have that 3% changing. Without these programs, you don't have young, you know, young boys and, and, and girls from all of these communities looking up and seeing themselves in these types of roles that they then can move towards in the future, right? Because if you, you, you're always going to miss a target that you're not aiming for. And you're never going to be able to aim at a target that you can't see. Mm-hmm. And that's like, that's the way I look at it. So I think this is an amazing play by Amazon to think about. And this is my personal opinion. Like just being outside, not like understanding the intimate details because I wasn't attached to the program. I want the listeners to understand that it wasn't a program that I was attached to. So this is my honest thought. Like I really do like appreciate even from your accounts of like all the resources that they're on behind this. So it's not uh, just a play of like, hey, here we have diverse people. It's like we're investing in diverse people, which is a very different statement in my opinion. I, I actually would hope that people would see it I don't know that this is what it is, but I would hope that this is what it would be. This is, in fact, if you look at it, because we're all about metrics at Amazon, like notorious, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Look at the people in the program. Look at the amount of time they've spent here and look at their contribution already. You have some folks who are already leading meetings. You have some folks who are already um, contributing to the launch of products in time and who are writing one pagers and just doing like really incredible things that you expect of, you know, L5s, L6s. And the fact is they've just got here. So that means that you, whomever, um, are capable. And as far as who this apprenticeship is for, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not a charity case here. This is about yeah. numbers. And Amazon is, uh, is doing well to, to diversify its ranks because the last thing, if you look at it, statistically, every company that is is diverse and, and has become more and more diverse, they have been the companies who have proven to be the, the uh, most successful financially in terms of revenue year after year. Nice. When you think about the the place that you're in now, right, you're shifting, you're currently, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're the first, you're the first cohort inaugural. of this program, right? You're the inaugural cohort. So yeah. it started, what, last June, June 2021? June, June 1st. June 1st, mm-hmm. 2021. Yes. And... So at this point, you're shifting between that instructor-led curriculum-based training into the on-the-job of like, hey, we are going to give you a task, I'm assuming, and you, you're doing this for Amazon. This is a thing that you're, you're doing now. How do you feel the first half of that program has prepared you for the second half that you're getting ready to walk into? Real quick, here's the thing, though. <laughs> 
and, and we'll answer the question, but you should know that there are people who are so far ahead of the game, which I think speaks to the apprenticeship and to the quality of the individuals they've brought in. And what I mean by that is you have individuals who are already contributing to their teams when the intent was to complete the virtual classroom training for the first seven and a half months. Then it's like, okay, well, they know what UX is. Now we can expect them to start training on the job and we'll show them how things work here. No, 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 no. You have folks came in and said, oh, I see something. Let me say something about that. Well, what do I need to do in order to contribute to changing that? And they've done that. And in turn, it's not folks being nice. They're like, no, this makes sense. We need to make this happen. We need to roll this out. And just the fact that you can point to the apprentices and say, okay, yes, they contributed to this, this, and this. And they're not even supposed to be there yet, technically. Yeah. I just just want to highlight that. That says a lot about the program. And that's been welcomed at Amazon. Amazon is a business, yes. But you got a, a team of people who really care about these products and services. They want to figure it out. And if somebody walks in, be it the, the new person or not, yeah, I'm going to hear what you have to say. But that that's a part of it. We're learning as apprentices how to kind of fill up that space and take up space and speak up. That That's a significant part of, I think, that transition from virtual classroom training where the 32 of us interact on a day-to-day to now interacting 40 plus hours a week with individuals who have been in place for, for years now. So it is, it is a little bit of a d- dynamic shift, but at the same time, we've been eased into it. So it's it's been a very thoughtful transition. So aside from that community that's being created among the, because naturally, right, like it's like compare, you know, it's like collaborative suffering almost, right? When when you... Fraternity, yeah. You have the, yeah, that 30, <laughs> the 32 people that are all kind of going through the same thing, you know, similar. I mean, obviously, they're all, you're all on different teams, right? Even here, you're, Logan, you're on AWS, the AWS org, and you're, you're over on DDG or devices org, JJ. So you have that. Aside from that, you know, what type of support do you get from, you know, the the rest of Amazon when it comes to your growth? Mm-hmm. I'll just leave that open ended. Yeah, I I can speak to that question a little bit, and then I see JJ. You want to say something as well? <laughs> no, please go. So, please go. So I'll say that in terms of support, like when you're in the program, you're assigned to a buddy, which is, it, it can just be anyone who is in Amazon. And usually this buddy is someone that you meet with once a week for just 30 minutes. And you can talk to them about absolutely anything. And they have to keep all of this information confidential as well. And then the other support that we get is from our manager. So our manager is the one who's kind of like mentoring us to make sure that we're making the right moves and working on the correct projects and that we understand the scope of the project as well. And then, so once we start the -the on-the-job portion of the apprenticeship program, we'll have several weeks to complete a project, which with the guidance of our hiring manager, and at the end of those several weeks, depending on how we do on that project, we will get the full-time job offer or we won't get the full-time job offer. But ideally, we have so much support here that I can't see anyone not getting the full-time offer. What made me feel more comfortable about participating and uh, being afforded this opportunity was that uh, yeah, the support is there and it's not well, we're well-intended and we're kind of sort of, when it's convenient, going to bend over backwards. No, no, no. This is for the apprentices. So be clear, if you need support, 
you have like three or four tiers. You have all of your team members, first of all. You have your cohort, <laughs> 32 strong. But you also have, as, as Logan mentioned, your, your buddy. And that's really the person you can just chop it up with. I think that's valuable because sometimes uh, you can't always communicate like you want to need to with individuals who may be just above you, right? Leadership. But uh, I think, again, being very thoughtful where we have our official mentors as well. Like we usually think, oh, yeah, so-and-so is my mentor and that person. Well, you actually are assigned a mentor as well. And that person is someone who is has established themselves as being a, a resource for you on your team. I actually, when I first started, my mentor and I, we sat down and we talked for about two or three hours on the steps right outside of uh, the day one building, the headquarters here at Amazon. And I think that did more for me than the past year of reading Medium articles and searching all over the internet and even just interacting with a million other people um, in terms of the network that I build. We really, we do well here as apprentices to connect with people in real ways. I understand a lot of times folks aren't well-intended, but I would argue because there are other apprenticeships out there. Amazon's making earnest efforts to adjust fire, to constantly um, sort of take, take inventory of where the apprentices are, what their needs are. And if you have a need as an individual, I think that they'll actually take the time to service that one person as well as the 32. I'm, I'm going to share this very briefly. I am one of those members of the, the, the neurodiverse community, right? And I think this is great. It's changed my life to be, become um, a UXer and go down this career path. But in terms of my life moving forward, Amazon in this apprenticeship is responsible for affording me resources and access to things that I never had before. And it is going to have uh, been what I think will impact me for a lifetime in terms of neurodiversity and addressing those things and uh, feeling welcomed. I love that. I love that that reminder as well. So when it when it comes to the because you you're on the back end, right? You're going into this, you know, this final stretch for for you. And what that means, drum roll, is that there's going to be a new group coming in, right? What is what is your advice for the person sitting at their at their desk right now, wondering if this is something that they should do, you know, for the aspiring dentist, for the aspiring that you know dietitian nutritionist that is wondering if this is the right decision. What's your advice to that person about this program, about joining the program? Ooh, I got I to gotta chime in right here. Okay. So <laughs> I would say put your blinders on and like just block out all of the noise from other people's opinions and stop trying to compare your career path to someone else's. Like you're doing this for yourself and nobody else is you and nobody can do it as great as you can. So always remember that. And then also just reach out to a lot of people on LinkedIn or just people in real life and ask them about their career and just ask if they can help you in any way possible. And just because a few people don't respond, that doesn't mean that you can't reach out to somebody else. Just keep doing it until you do get that response that you're looking for. So yes, those two things for sure. I agree. Yeah, definitely your network is important. Uh, we talk about buzzwords and all that kind of stuff all the time, but truth be told, the, the, the network is important. And what I mean by that is jumping on LinkedIn, 
I, I would argue it's very simple to do. Start up an account and start reaching out and searching for UX designers, become a recruiter of sorts. It's okay to stalk people a little bit, you know, um, and it's okay to sort of reach out and say, hey, I'd like to uh, learn more about what it is that you do. Don't just say, hey, I want a job and I need to make this happen. Here's the thing. You should, in fact, learn about what it is that we're over here doing so that you can know that this is what, what, what is right for you. But if nothing else, to add on to what Logan was saying, be persistent, be consistent, and um, focus on you because your path is unique. Sincerely, thank you both for, you know, for joining the, the show today and really just Absolutely. kind of telling your story. Yeah, you've been great. Thank you. I would love to, you know, have you back on the show at some point in the future when you're, you know, outside of the program to hear, you know, all of the things that you've done, you know, post this program. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but thank you. Yeah, I look forward to it. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs>